0: In radio. well this is a very exciting time and the gentleman that's joined me in the studio can't control himself really i mean this <laughs> looking at the universe as we do as uh, the normal average joe we don't see it in the same way as people like dr Arash barramian who is an author and astronomer here for Curtin university so lovely to meet you Arash. thanks for having me do you do you get excited every time or you must
1: oh yes
0: yeah how 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 do you cope with all these discoveries that we're getting now? More so with the you know the telescopes we've got.
1: Oh, it, it is always exciting, and sometimes it's hard to uh, figure out which one you should focus on first and. Uh get at least one of them done, finished, and then move to the next one. So sometimes yeah. it's, it's yeah. a bit, uh, yeah, the, Those uh, all of those exciting jewels that we see in the sky and we go after. is always complicated. And yeah. the next generation of observatories, things are just going to get uh, more exciting.
0: Well, it is. I wonder you're in this profession that, that you are in. Tell us about the group that you're with, if you will, yeah, at, at Curtin.
1: Um, so... Institute of Radio Astronomy. Uh, so we are located in Tech Park, and uh, we are um, astronomers working on various aspects of the universe, specifically focusing on uh, preparation for the next generation of radio observatories, such as a Square Kilometre Array that is being built in, in Western Australia. Actually, in the Murchison That's right. Observatory. In Murchison.
0: Yeah. We've heard a lot about that and the world must be very excited about this new discovery.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I'm going to get you
0: to explain that if you will.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely So we use as we are preparing for the next generation of observatories such as square kilometer array right. now we decided to push the limits of our current generation of observatories. Uh, So we used CSIRO's Australia Telescope Compact Array, which is a radio telescope situated in Narrabri in New South Wales on Gomeroy Country. And uh, we used it to, we pushed it to the limit. We observed uh, a, fo- a star cluster named 47 Tucanae or Tucani. Yeah. We observed it for 480 hours. That's on. non-stop. Uh, well, it was uh, it had gaps because the Uh, Like the sun, the stars rise and set. So, But over a year, we observed it for a total of 480 hours. And then we went through the data, analyzed it, and made the deepest image ever of a star cluster in the radio that was ever made. It's also one of the deepest radio images ever made uh, by an Australian uh, observatory.
0: And is that become possible because of the new telescope that we have?
1: Um, so this is in the path to that. So we this is because of the telescopes that we already have at the moment. This is, but this is in preparation for the next generation of observatories that are being built right now.
0: That is incredible. Where are you getting this information? What what location, for example, um, is the is the telescope? Are we looking locally or? Oh,
1: uh, so. Uh, Australia Telescope Compact Array is in New South Wales. That's the currently operating observatory. The one that is being built uh, at the moment is in Murchison, Western Australia.
0: And what do you expect from that?
1: Oh, uh, well, so for example, we took 480 hours of data to get to where we are here. That will take uh, around a few hours only with the uh, with the next generation of observatories.
0: Okay, this is very very exciting for people. Why did you choose that particular area?
1: So, forty-seven Tokani is a very, uh, a very uh, interesting star cluster. It has it's uh, so star clusters are among the oldest parts of our galaxy. So they host a lot of exotic objects in them, and so we can actually understand uh, how stars evolve, how they turn into black holes. And 47 Tukani is bright and is relatively nearby when we consider the galactic scale, that everything is thousands of light years away. This is relatively nearby.
0: You say thousands of light years away, so it's something we should really quite understand. That's phenomenal, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. So, uh, light year is, as uh, as as the name suggests, is the amount of distance that light travels in a year. So it's quite a lot. So our galaxy is tens of thousands of light years in its diameter. So even we, if we were to travel across it, it will take us tens of thousands of years. Okay. Then This cluster is only a few thousand light years away, so we can actually, uh, it, it is relatively nearby. And so we observed it for a long time because we knew there are a lot of exciting objects in it a lot of black holes
0: okay so apart from black holes you say exciting objects what what can you share Ah, with that
1: so there are um so the other things that are in that cluster are neutron stars so these are dense remnants uh, of stars after they go through stages of life and they die Uh, so neutron stars are very dense what we are dealing with is uh something size of perth size of perth But its mass is mass of the sun. So that's the kind of density you're dealing with, that a spoonful of neutron star matter is tens of thousands of times heavier than the entire Sydney Opera House.
0: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) With all this information that you've got thus far, Mm -hmm. and obviously in the future you're going to go even further into this area, what would be the next project?
1: Oh, so there are a couple of different uh, directions that we are going. One is looking at other star clusters that are that we can actually uh, explore with similar sensitivity we, uh, uh, and uh, hit them with the current generation of observatories. Right. The other thing we want to go after is.
0: We're just going to swap microphones with you. We're having a bit of a problem. We'll just ah. see with them. Say hello. Hello. No, it's still the same. <laughs> Never mind, okay, we're having a bit of a technical glitch. Yes, sorry, please continue as we have our engineers around you trying to work things out.
1: No worries, yeah. So, yeah, so one of the directions is going after another star cluster um, that is nearby and we can actually push the current generation of observatories to get something in them because we want to see what we have seen in 47 Tukane. is that a common occurrence? Is it... Do we see it in other star clusters or is it unique to this cluster? Okay. So that's a, because that will reveal about the nature and evolution of stars a, across the galaxy. So that's one aspect. The other aspect is actually developing the techniques that we learned from this project in preparation for the next generation of observatories.
0: Well, I, I don't know whether we, the normal person, can speak, keep up with this, but uh, it's normal language to yourself. When you say black holes, do you, is, are there a lot out there, are there?
1: Oh, that's a very good question. So, typically for black holes, uh, so we think there are a lot out there, but there, is, there are some important distinctions. So, there are two big groups of black holes in uh, in the universe. There are the stellar mass black holes. These are black holes that are formed after heavy stars, stars that are 10 times, 20 times more massive than the sun. Those stars, when they run out of fuel and die, they turn into black holes sometimes. And those are what we call stellar mass black holes. Then we have the supermassive black holes. These are, the, these are millions of times heavier than the sun. They're at the center of the galaxies. Um, our galaxy has one as well. So those are the two big groups that we see all around the universe. We see stellar-mass ones, uh, we see supermassive ones. Then there is another group that is very hard to observe, the intermediate-mass black holes. These are the ones that are in the mass range. They are in between. They are not as heavy as supermassive black holes, but they are not as light as stellar-mass black holes. And they are what are thought to be a missing link so to speak between the stellar mass black holes and supermassive black holes you expect the supermassive black holes to have formed from all of those star mass black holes to merge together and form over the cosmic time to turn into that so you expect as you see the supermassive ones which we see many, many of them in the cosmos, and the stellar mass ones, which we see quite a, a lot of. We, Based on that, we expect there should be this middle, middle intermediate mass ones too, but they are very hard to find because they are very faint, they're not interacting with their environment much, and the thing we have found at the center of star cluster 47 may be one of these intermediate
0: okay that's interesting isn't it can I ask you this sounds a bit naive of me but um, what role does a black hole play when it becomes one
1: Ah, so so black hole at the so first of all we do not understand black holes at the very center
0: oh okay I thought you might have
1: (laughs) (laughs) we understand we see its uh, behavior so uh, at the very center of it it doesn't allow light to escape it so nothing escapes black hole so it's
0: like infinity is it Uh, kind of yeah
1: it's it's like nothing nothing gravity is so strong that even light cannot escape it so when something goes beyond a certain radius it cannot be we we receive no information from it uh, when it gets close to a black hole however on the outer parts, as it's still its gravity affects the universe around it and the environment around it, stars that get close to a black hole, just the fact that they get close, sometimes the stellar wind, the material that the star uh, uh, pushes into the space, the black hole uh, grabs them and pulls them towards itself. But it, is, it has such a strong gravity that as it does, this is a very violent and very energetic event as it pulls a stellar material towards itself and it releases a lot of light and a lot of radio signals x-ray signals and that's the way we actually find them. Okay. Now, uh, what is their role in the in our understanding of our galaxy? The thing is that black holes are the end stage of life for heavy stars. So, If we understand how many of them are in our galaxy, we understand how stars form and evolve, how our galaxy And how long they last. Exactly.
0: Okay. Any idea how long a star would normally last?
1: Ah, So, we have some good ideas about that. So, stars that are very light, uh, by light in this case, I mean, similar to the mass of the sun, those stars live for billions of years. Yeah. But the thing is that the stars that shine brightest Uh, go out faster so the heavier stars that are brighter if a star is 10 times more massive than the sun it will only last a few million years.
0: Oh, just a few million. The big stars that we see in the night sky, you know, the, the ones that shine bright. Yeah. have they got an end of end of life? The mm-hmm. one yeah, of a better two. them,
1: yeah. So Can. a lot of them. So some of those, some of that brightness comes from the fact that uh, they are very close to us. They yeah. may be not necessarily exceptionally bright in by nature, but they're very close, so they appear bright. However, there are stars around that actually are uh, 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 astronomers predict that may actually be near the end end stage of their life. When will... They, well, will the Star actually die? Well, we don't know. It might be tonight. Mm-hmm. It might be 10,000 years. <laughs> but ago. you'll
0: be watching, right? We will <laughs> be watching. <laughs> it's a very exciting time. It is for everyone concerned. And uh, I was spoke recently to the pe- people that look after the Pauli supercomputer here, yeah. just up yeah. from curtain here. And they work in with you, Ben, don't they, with the computers that they've got up there. Yes. analyze the information and you pass it on and that sort of thing. So this information that you've now got around the world, what sort of reaction has been from this?
1: So it, it has been great to hear both from uh, the public and also astronomers that we uh, the community uh, of astronomers who work on different aspects of stellar evolution and star clusters to be excited and uh, uh, try to understand what we have found and also try to uh build based on it the next steps as we try to better understand how stars evolve what is the next experiment yeah. that is possible where, where can we look next how can we improve on what we have studied?
0: gosh i think you've done pretty well so far okay. it's absolutely wonderful 450 hours of observations on uh, csiro's australian telescope compact array that's unbelievable well keep at it won't you it's just a fascinating subject thank you so much doctor Thanks, Dr. Dr. Arash Baragian.